Newsbreak Podcast. Newsbreak's election debate roadshow. Give your vote a voice. Well, needless to say, politics very close to your heart. And today we've come into the heart of the community to find out what your thoughts are ahead of the 2019 general election. A very warm welcome to everybody this afternoon. I'm Tarish Hadi Pashad and the election debate roadshow comes to Chatsworth. It's our first Durban debate and we are here at the 1860 Museum, a place, a space that pays homage to the forebearers of this very community of Chatsworth, south of Durban, and we're here at the Hotel Savera. So if you would like to engage with us and, and, and engage more so with the politicians of the day, do come through to the Savera Hotel where we are broadcasting. So not going to waste too much of your time. It's going to be a really full discussion. We thank you so much for coming through here in your numbers. We're going to go straight into our debate because the order of the day is politics. The order of the day is selecting leadership that remembers you once you cast that ballot. The order of the day is trying to get a better life for you in your community. I'll remind you though that we've been through uh, three cities now across the country and we've focused a lot on local issues, some of your municipal issues, some of your day-to-day bread and butter issues. I'd love to now take it to a more national picture. This is the 2019 general election where you get to decide who shapes the way forward for South Africa at the national helm of government. So we'd love to focus now on some national issues. We'll keep that in mind and we'll take this conversation forward. Okay, so let's welcome our panel today and we have a team of five all vying to get top um, top prizes in the election come May the 8th. And let's begin with the ANC's Maggie, uh, Maggie Governor. Ma'am, thanks for your time today. Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for having us on the show. Ma'am, your 60 seconds start now. Thank you. Um, as the African National Congress, we um, accept that we are an organization that has its faults. However, we are an organization that is in the process of renewing ourselves. We are correcting things that we may have done wrong in the past. And we have a president at our helm who is very, very seriously committed to ensuring that there is good governance in South Africa. We are an organization that has all social strata. In other words, we have the very rich, the very poor, the in-between, the unemployed. All of those people are within our organization. And we, therefore, are the best organization to take South Africa forward and to grow this country because we have the ear of all the people of the country. We are the only organization that is truly representative of all South Africans, not just in what we say, but in the composition of our organization and in the fact that the electorate has seen fit to vote for us. Ma'am, your time is up. Thank you very much for that. Let's move on to our next politician now on our panel. And we welcome the DA's Mr. Hanif Hussein. So thanks for your time. Suresh, thank you very much. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on board. Your 60 seconds start now. Suresh, you know, for 25 years, we have suffered under an abusive, racist, and corrupt ANC government. Whilst we have been working hard to build a better future for our families, The ANC politicians were working hard to steal our money. Our country is on a downward spiral. The cost of living has become unbearable for ordinary South Africans. Service delivery at every government institution is at a crisis. This useless ANC government cannot even keep the the lights on because they've captured ESCOM and stolen billions. They spend more money protecting ANC politicians than protecting our people. 
This is why our communities have become a breeding ground for criminals. Every day in every corner of South Africa, the DA has been working hard to remove this corrupt ANC government from power so that we can build a brighter future for our families. For the first time in our history, we have a massive opportunity to remove a very weak ANC from power and bring change to South Africa. On the 8th of May, we're asking people to go out and vote for a DA government. That's all the time you had in the beginning there, Mr. Hussain. Thanks for that. It's time now to welcome the EFF's Mr. Wusikosa onto the panel. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, uh, Suresh. Good afternoon to the listeners at home. Your minute starts now. Um, what is the EFF? The EFF is a revolutionary, a radical and socialist movement. And we make no apologies for that. It is ironical that we meet here today exactly 367 years since the white settlers arrived in this country on the 6th of April 1652. The plight of the black person has never changed since then. We've had, uh, we've gone through the times of apartheid, but lately we've had 25 years of ANC misrule, where the black African indigenous people are still landless and are still jobless. We are saying now is the time for the people of South Africa to get rid of the crook, the Busasa crooks and elect into government a, a, a revolutionary uh, a, a leadership that will make sure that our land is restored to rightful owners. we we'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much for that opening minute there. Joining us from the IFP today, Mr. Les Govinda. Good afternoon, Taresh. Good afternoon to the listeners at home and the studio audience. Yeah, and your one minute starts now. Taresh, we are here today as the IFP just to come to you with a simple slogan that says, trust us. Now, as IFP, we can call on the nation to trust us because from 1994 to 2004, the IFP was in governance in KwaZulu-Natal. We know how to govern without any allegations of fraud, or corruption, maladministration. We have clean governance at the core of the IFP foundation. And, and, and we always believe that we need to put the interests of the people first. So our manifesto is not about sloganeering. It is about putting the needs of South Africans first. We are not here to bash any other political party. The nation is aware of which political party ruined our country and brought it to its knees. And we are saying, trust us so that we can rebuild South Africa, rebuild the structures, and give our nation a we'll good We'll leave it there with you, Mr. Les Governor. Thanks so much for that. And now we go to Mr. Shamin Thakur Rajbansi representing the Minority Front this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, ma'am. Good afternoon, Taresh. Good afternoon, listeners. Your this minute is, starts now. Yeah. This, voters, this is your final chance to bring positive political changes to South Africa. On the 8th of May, vote for the 25-year-old Minority Front on both the provincial and national ballots. In the next five years to survive, especially as the Indian community, the Minority Front will be your voice in the National Assembly and the KZN Legislature. Our member numbers must grow to four, just like it did in 2004, to ensure good governance through good laws and good leaders. Do not trust the DA, EFF, BLF, ATM, DLC. All are with, all are with the ANC. They are corrupt to the core and they are forming coalitions. 
Their motto is let's loot together through alliances, then we can grow together. The MF is independent. Our motto is let's move forward together and come back home. Come back home. Now that you have realized that they have, they have hoodwinked you, they've taken your votes, they've made your lives bitter, not we'll better. We'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much. So there you go. This is what the politicians of the time here in Chatsworth are telling you is the reason you should be voting for them. What is the merit to that? And we're going to come through to you and ask you what your thoughts are on all that they've put forward on the table. They may be on the table today sitting on that panel, but you are one of the biggest role players in this organization of South African politics and governance. So we want to know from you what your thoughts are on that broader national perspective going into the election. To help us keep it in check now and to bring context to a lot of what's been said here and what you guys are also going to be telling us, we're very happy to be joined by our political moderator today, Mr. Brian Mklongo. He's from the Democracy Development Program. Brian, thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Taresh, and thank you very much to the audience as well as the listeners who are present with us. Yeah. I think I want to start off by asking you a general assumption of what these five politicians have to say. Each one, um, you know, coming with something unique, but also, you know, it streamlines into one argument almost. Definitely. And I think the one very important thing for the ANC is they're in a very privileged position where even when they're not speaking, someone is putting out the ANC's name in a way that's quite significant. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of what the political parties are putting on, onto the, into place, it's quite significant for, for people to feel like in some ways it's relatable um, and it's engaging with their lived experiences. Yeah. So as you've engaged earlier, you said some of the reasons why these debates tend to not go anywhere is because you bring sort of national perspective into a very localized environment. And the problem is people are interfacing with government at the very core um, with local government. And if they interface with government in that sense, that it means that their lived experiences inform the way in which they make their political choices. So if, for instance, in case that end, the predominant political narrative is that the ANC is failing in various municipalities, yeah. then that will become the reason why they either cast their vote or don't cast their vote. Um, and what's in interesting in South Africa is that even though we encourage sort of multi-party engagements, the way in which we've sort of predominantly placed the, f the focus both of media as well as of just public feedback is on three f or four big parties, and we don't see the plurotocracy that comes up um, in our politics. And I think yeah. it's important to try and engage some of those sort of left-leaning um, right. or, or, or very um, minority-related incidents that we that sometimes shape our engagement. I want to at a well. point spend some time with that and talk about specifically. I mean, you know, we look at that in the in, in the lens of uh, coalitions, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. But I think you know, um, it cannot be ignored now. Past. 25 years, 25th year of, the demo of democracy, you've got the ANC firmly in place in majority of the provinces. They have been challenged in recent elections, but they are the, the government of the time. What you then have is opposition parties constantly um, attacking the ANC for what's gone wrong or what's not gone right. Do you think that's making the dent it needs to? Um, and I think... That's the, it's, it's, use, it's always useful for opposition parties to start with what's currently happening, the status quo. But sometimes it comes across as though opposition parties spend too much time yeah. on what's currently happening as opposed to inspiring people with their new ideas about how to revitalize and restructure the system. Yeah. Uh, you can clap for me as well, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when we try to, when we, when we put up our own thoughts, it's important that people are able to connect with them, absent of what the status quo might be, absent of who is currently in power. But when, when I come to in our community, what I want to know is what will you do differently for me and how will I, how will I be helped 
by voting for you on the 8th of May. At the moment, we don't yeah. seem to be getting a, as much of a sense of that as possible. Yeah. So let's leave it there, Ben, with our opening remarks, our opening sentiments going into this debate. This is the time that I look forward to. South Africa, I want to hear your voice. So when we come back, it's your turn. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. South Africa, the Queen of Melody, Shreya Goshal, is backed by popular demand for one night only on 30th April at Emperor's Palace, Centre Court at 8pm. Come and join her on the eve of the Workers' Day public holiday. Shreya Goshal, live in concert. Tickets from 250 Rand, available now at any copy ticket or shop right checkers. Proudly brought to you by Blue Blood, in association with Polar Ice Cream, Andal Foods, Mama Money and Dabur Miswag. The Flavors of India Shopping Festival is back at Gold Reef City's Level 5 Parking from the 14th to the 24th of March, 11am to 9pm daily and also open on the 21st of March, that's Human Rights Day, the public holiday. With new goods just arrived, latest Punjabis, lengas, saris, bridal wear, kurti tops, cosmetics, sterling jewellery, footwear, imitation jewellery, Kashmiri carpets, astrologer, food courts and family entertainment on the weekends. Entry only 10 rand at the door. See you at the Flavors of India at Gold Reef City. Back to our election debate live from the 1860 Museum here at Hotel Savera in Chatsworth. We are going to go to the audience now and I'm going to just remind you, we've already stated um, the format we're taking. We have an organized floor plan in terms of the way we take our questions. I'd, I'd invite you to keep it as brief as possible. At the same time, speak your heart. It's your opportunity. And please be advised, we are trying to cram as much as we possibly can in the hour. So let's go with our first audience member. Welcome. Hi, my name is Pastor Selvan Governor. I'm from Morton. My question is to the EFF representative. Sir, I don't see what you're trying to achieve here in Chatswood after constant racial abuse against Indians. Why would you even want to think about coming to address us here today? Thanks for the question. Let's go to our next audience member. Hi, my name is Fatima Ismail. Uh, my question is to the ANC. How can the ANC claim it's a non-racial party when the KZN Premier recently insulted the Indian community by saying that we have no rights to claim land in our country? Isn't this an insult to the Indian community when we have worked so hard for what we've contributed towards this country? Thanks very much for that. Let's go to the next audience member. Uh, good day. I'm Derusha from Westler. The DA claims it can create more jobs than the ANC, but it has really not proven this to Africa. Why should we believe you? Thanks very much for the question. Next audience member. Good afternoon. My name is Devon Pillay of Mobini Heights. Uh, the question is to the ANC. With regards to the recent xenophobic attacks, uh, talking about race relations, etc., can you please tell us what has been done with regards to creating race relationship? Thank you. Thanks so much for the question. Next audience member. Hi, my name is George Pillay, and I've got a question for the ANC. Just one second. Sure, go ahead with that, please. One second. My question is, what are you going to do about... What are you going to do about the increasing levels of violent protests in this country? In the period 2004 to 2008, there were an average of 21 violent protests a year. There has been an increase to 164 a year between 2014 and 2016. And there has been a research and has been reported that, that smoke... Okay, thanks very much for the question. I think we'll go to the next audience member. 
Hello everybody, my name is Alhadia and I'm from Phoenix. I am a first time voter. So I came to this debate today to find out who should I vote for. So besides bashing parties, what can you do for me? Hmm. It's a broad question. It's great to hear the young of South Africa put their voice to the debate. Let's go to another audience member very quickly. My question is to MP Hani Hussein. Uh, Chatsworth is under siege in terms of crime, uh, any form of crime. What can you do differently once you become into government regarding the crime in the whole of South Africa? Thank you. Okay, I think I'm going to leave it there now. We're going to come back to more audience members. You want to take this conversation because I think it's a quite a full agenda here put forward from the floor. I'd love to spend some time on that. And I think um, we're going to start this round of, uh, you know, this aspect of the debate now. And we're going to put it through to Mr. Vusikosa. And the EFF ceremoniously came through to chats with recently. And um, your lead leader, Mr. Julius Malema, your national leader, went on to, I think, and I can say this once again, make a reference to the way Indian origin people treat black people um, and this didn't really sit well with this community because they say they're constantly trying to create that tie to create to, to make it work with the limited resources that are allocated to an area like Chatsworth because we are here so I want to know from you does the EFF then have a disregard for the Indian origin sentiment when it comes to trying to create a better life for all the EFF is very clear. Uh, our preamble, uh, as the EFF of the Constitution it says, South Africa belongs to all who live in it, just as it is in the Freedom Charter, because we believe in the Freedom Charter. That's why. Do you exercise two, it? Yes, we exercise it. Number two. Number Can two. Can you hear that? They yeah, no, it, 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 it doesn't matter. This is a hired crowd that will come here and, and make residents of an But I will continue anyway. They've asked me a question, sure. so they must allow me an, an opportunity to respond. Go ahead, Mr. Koza. So I, I will pro I'll, I'll proceed and respond. Go for it. Julius Malema came here in Chatsworth. Chatsworth is part of South Africa. We have a right to go anywhere. You do have a right that's to why, go anywhere. That's why we are here today, and we are going to debate. I just want to come to the second issue. The issue, he said, most Indians are racist. He said, most Indians are racist, and I want to repeat it. Why, why, is, why is it offensive when Judge Yakub said it? I didn't hear this brohaha here. But when Julius Malema, a black child, says it, then it becomes an issue. The fact of the matter is that it's not racist, it's the fact. When people, the, the truth hurts, and when people are confronted with the truth, they want to change it. So why that do you, so, so there is, that is racism that's directed to black people. If that is the case, then why are you here wanting the vote from this community? Why? why, why? If when, that is the case, when, if that when, is your sense, why do you want their vote? Two things. Two things. The Indian community, it's not all of them that, that are, are, are racist. You can, actually, racism is what she's saying, that I must go back to Limpombo when I'm from Guazulu Natal. Now, I'm not going to degenerate to hell level. All I'm going to say is that the Indian community are equally South African, just like all of us. Because some of, of the Indian community here, uh, you are a, a third and fourth and fifth generation Indian. Even the, the notion that you call yourself Indian is a misnomer because some of, of, of the Indian communities here, you are of in, in, in Indian origin. A lot of them say that. A lot of them Indian. say that they are of South African origin. One more question to you on that regard. Yes. And often uh, the, the EFF itself, 
um, goes to parliament in red overalls and they represent the working class of the community. They're constantly talking about colonial oppression that has upset the scales in terms of development for South Africa. Mr. Koza, look around you in this room. You have laborers in this very field who came here not to live like princes, to live here like slaves. And you don't recognize that they also represent the working class of the South Africans and they also have a <laughs> colonial oppression heritage. Let, 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 me, let, let, me, let me say, let me state it categorically that as EFF we, we know, we understand our history. We understand that the Indian community came here exactly 159 years ago. However, the situation of the Indian community is still the same. We are oppressed the same under apartheid. Now all of a sudden other people think that they are better than the rest of us. You are not better. Under apartheid we are all the same. You are classified black. It's only whites that benefited. We went through apartheid together. But people must come down and accept that you are not better than the indigenous African people. We are all the same. Let's so you must change it, your attitude. Let's shift it through to Mrs. Uh, Shamil Thakurraj Bansi from the Minority Front. Your response yeah. to that yeah, entire I conversation. Just want to, see, I find what, uh, what Vusi is saying is very contradictory. First of all, he's then telling us, and he must clarify, whether Julius Malema is basing this only on what the good uh, judge said or whether he's basing it on perceptions because he's moved focus twice on this issue. The other thing is that if his leader didn't shout and scream and disrupt the National Assembly so much, maybe he should have done what a good MP does, call the Department of Labor in, get the stats, how many Indian people got fined, who uh, hurt their maids, etc. But also Vusi must answer here because we can ask him a question, a legitimate question on racism and maids and domestics and all that because it was a Facebook post, Vusi. You must tell us whether this was fake news where a lady, a Zimbabwean, said that she was Malema's maid and then she had to go back fake home news. with a baby. Well, you can say it's fake news, but we want to know whether, the, whether it's whatever the issue is and, and whether yeah. that is I think, I, I, I think uh, Mr. Rajbansi, I'm not going to talk about Malema's maid because, you know, Julius Malema is not here to talk about, you know, the but way he um, organizes his house. But I'll take it through to the ANC there. Clearly a racial sentiment coming through here. Uh, you know, Mr. Koza starts off by saying it's a radical party and they really have, the, you know, they really go for the... They take that debate, you know, and if we could call it that, they take that debate head on. I want to know from the ANC, who often talks about the um, strong Indian origin representation within that party, your thoughts about the way South Africa finds itself with race relations between all races, but I think specifically, let's talk within the Indian origin community and the black African community. Thank you. Firstly, let me just point out that racism is not peculiar to a race group. You can be Indian, African, white, whatever, and you can be guilty of racist sentiments and racist practices. So let's that, get that clear. Secondly, as the African National Congress, we believe in building this nation, in building South Africa and making it grow. That means that this is a home for all South Africans. Indian, African, colored, white, yellow, blue, black. It doesn't matter, you are a South African first. And that is the policy of the African National Congress. In that context, our premier in this province has engaged very strongly in building social yeah, cohesion, yeah, yeah. involving organizations, etc., yeah. across racial groups. Now, let's take it further, still keeping on that, on that uh, social cohesion tone there. Another very important national topic is land expropriation without compensation. I wonder how much you've communicated with um, local communities, specifically a community like Chatsworth, about what's going to happen to them should that amendment go through in the Constitution. And also, 
from what you're saying and how you disagree with, the, with, with what the EFF is saying in terms of the way that a, a race narrative is, uh, is um, progressing, you're still very much supporting them on the uh, change to the constitution for land expropriation without compensation. Well, we are on record as saying that there should be an amendment to the constitution. We don't have a problem with section 25, which already provides for expropriation. What we are supporting is clarification of that provision in the Constitution. But what the ANC is also very clear about is that the expropriation will involve firstly land that is within um, the state, land that is not productively used, and land that can be used for agricultural purposes. So for example in cities, the land that will be expropriated will be for housing purposes because we will all agree that we need more land for housing. In rural areas, we will look at expropriation of land for purposes of agricultural development because we need to provide food yeah. for our people. And that is what agriculture is about. But Ms. Government, I want to say to you though, you clarified it here, but why I have to say, because this question comes up on my talk show every weekend, I don't know who's going to take my land, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And I wonder why you waited for a platform like this only to be asked to effectively communicate that through to the audience. Actually, we have been communicating it. It's been misrepresented by have organizations Have you all been aware of it as an audience? people. It's being used as a scare tactic to frighten South Africans so that they will not see that this is for the good of all of us. So it is being used as a scare tactic and it is being used to divide our people. Let's shift the focus now away from the issue of, of race. I hope we've covered it enough for you and you've got an answer as to where you stand with regard to that issue. Let's take it now to an issue of protest as was raised there by George talking about an increase in violent protests. He cited many statistics over there from what we understand that since October 2004 to 2018 uh, there's been about 246 service delivery protests in KwaZulu-Natal. As the Democratic Alliance, Mr. Hanif Hussein, I want to ask you your thoughts on service delivery because you've made great inroads in local governance. But why are the protests still continuing? Surely something you're not doing right. May I just say firstly, what we must remember is during an election campaign, both the EFF and the ANC, firstly, they insult us. They call us names. Julius Malema, when he came here to the stadium, he said the majority of Indians are racist, not some. Suddenly, the EFF comes here and says that we are part of South Africa. The ANC, can I please just finish? Go ahead and finish, but I'm Julius, asking you about service delivery us, They say South African Indians are blacks. But when it comes to allocation of jobs, they say go to the back of the line. When it comes to the allocation of housing, they say go to the back of the line. The reason why we have so many service delivery protests, it's a very clear indication of the failed ANC government. People take to the streets. But when we they go through to the communities, when they're not happy when with we their go, government. Right, but when we go through to communities, we do our research and our SNAP service, they tell us it's very easy to report a fault in Amshlanga as opposed to Chatsworth or Shellcross. Yes, absolutely. So clearly you may be talking to them about their race card, but surely the Democratic Alliance and the areas that you serve are giving preferential treatment to urban areas well, as opposed to the local areas can like I, this. Can I just tell you, firstly, this city is run by this corrupt ANC, not by the DAs. If the people in the city want a better government in their city, if they want things to work in the city like the way we've made it work in Pretoria, in Johannesburg, in Cape Town and dozens of other cities in South Africa, 
Then they must get rid of these crooks from government. Don't put the criminals in parliament. Put them in jail. Vote for a DA government and bring change to South Africa. Let's shift the conversation now to Mr. Les Governor from the IFP. And I think we're shifting focus now and we want to talk a little bit more about some issues of crime that have been cited here by this uh, particular community. And they've been plagued with various amounts of crime. We've been having that conversation. A lot of innocent lives lost in this, in, in this space. And I want to know if you've got such a strong world political panel here with a lot of ethos and legacy, why is it that local crime continues to thrive in, in areas like this? Teresh, the issue of crime has been plaguing communities across the country. Now, very often you find that criminals will use informal settlements as a place where they can hide out. Now, this government needs to get its act together in terms of getting rid of informal settlements so that people are provided with decent housing and, 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 what, and what we as IFP are saying, we need to bring in the army to secure our borders so that, so that we ensure that people don't walk into our country just by walking across the border. I've seen yeah, it myself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're talking there about the army and you're talking about border control like that. Um, and, and, and what we understand is that there are spaces in local areas that are resourced. They have police officers just parked off. Why, as political leaders, is there no oversight on the way crime is managed? Why are there no enforcement of the way that particular problem and the distribution of the allocated resources are not smartly used? Taresh, when we, when we speak to police officers across the country, the main concern that they have is a lack of resources. You find that you do not have enough policemen and women to police the different uh, you know, communities. They do not have police vehicles that are functional. Because if you want to have one you know, police vehicle repaired, it's a long process that goes through a whole lot of you know, paperwork. And then you find that corruption uh, seeps into that because you, know, you find that contracts are given to jobs for pals. And therefore you find that vehicles are not, are not made available to the, uh, you know, to the police officer. And we actually feel sorry for the policemen and women because they are not given the proper resources to actually police the you know, communities yeah. effectively. I just want to take a little bit more on this before we go back to the audience. I want to hear from them again what they have to say. Still more issues and questions they've raised that I've not really touched on. But Ms. Shami Thakuraj Bansi and the minority front in terms of your dwindling support and the, and, and the statistics are here, I need not read it. We understand you are losing a great deal of support. Um, my question is, a smaller party like yourselves, and Mr. Hanif Hussein said that the purse strings and the policies and the movement is controlled by the ruling ANC. So what dent do you then have to compel the ruling party or any other organization of authority to actually work and get the kind of issues that Mr. Les Governor is raising to actually come to fruition? Well, I don't believe that the power of one is lost. I believe that if you know your stuff, if you are working hard, you can make a dent. I can assure you that I may be a single member in the KwaZulu-Natal legislature. My colleagues are seated here. I work very hard. I bring up every issue that, that's affecting our community. I am one MP that puts in the most amount of motions. I, I debate issues at length. I debate them. I make sure that changes take place. You know, when the protesters, the peaceful protesters here in Chatsworth were hurt, I brought up all those issues, then we got some action going. There were people here that have monopoly over Chatsworth, but they did nothing for our people. Yeah. So Mr. the Koza, thing is that yeah. one person can make a difference Absolutely. if you know your work. Mr. Koza, your 
your role in terms of presence here within Chatsworth? Because I know there was an interesting uh, discussion about the EFF coming out into areas. I know you did even contest for the Ward 71 election here. Um, talk to me about the EFF's presence in Chatsworth. And I'd love to know from the audience what they think about that presence. Uh, EFF is present in Chatsworth like it's present everywhere. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's invisible. Uh, but I can tell you now... I can tell you now, if you don't want to see, you won't see. There's, there's EFF in Chatsworth, just like everywhere else. Go and check at, at the by-elections, the results of by-elections who are present in our, in, in our numbers. And we would want to also state that there's no one that is going to stop us from going anywhere in this country. We will go to every corners of this country. And we want to come to this issue of uh, service delivery protests. There's not, uh, Les is saying here yeah, there's shortage of resources. No, there's no shortage of resources. Resources are allocated in a skewed manner. Go to affluent areas, they've got vans, they've got everything, the best manpower. Come to Chatsworth, go anywhere else in the in squatter camp, etc. There are no resources because this uh, 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 ANC government is operating in the same modus operandi as the apartheid government, yeah. looking down on black people, uh, treating whites as, uh, 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 as better than all of us. Yeah. Brian, your thoughts on that now, as you've heard this interesting discussion, on race relations specifically. It was, I think, the first issue raised, and we spent a considerable amount of time talking about it. Uh, it's still a national problem, isn't it? Definitely. And, and I want to know from you your thoughts on the way the EFF handles it. Um, the EFF in particular? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's, a, there's an interesting idea that comes across when we speak about race, race relations, and any other sort of means of differentiating one from the other. So, for instance, if you look at the LGBTIQ community in South Africa, there's still quite a significant sort of um, non-engagement with that community in particular because it causes some eruption against the dominant factor which is heterosexual individuals in particular. Um, so if you look at the way in which the EFF and other sort of left-leaning parties speak about race relations, it's important to also think about do they just leave it sort of hanging in the air? Is it because differentiating and talking about difference and the way in which people are different in the way in which they interact and perceive each other is an important step, right? But if you just talk about racism or race and just leave it hanging, then you're going to have issues like this where communities are disgruntled by the things that you're saying um, w because you haven't offered a solution there. Yeah. So you said Indian people are racist. Okay, cool. Then what if Indian people are racist? How do you bring them to the party so that you ensure that there's some me measure of social cohesion? Precisely if white people question. are racist, then how do you bring them to the party so to ensure that they're able to work on the same democratic process? What is you? the way then to have that conversation? Because I wonder if the conversation had on the ground is actually, um, you know, touching hearts because it is a sensitive emotional issue or is it just alienating? It's definitely a sensitive emotional uh, issue and in particular um, I think the young person will, will vouch me, with me there when, when you say people catch feelings when you talk about racism, race and race relations in this country. It's important then at that point when people start catching feelings they also self-introspect and think about their interactions in their own community. How many people in your community have you interacted with that espouse racist in, in, in influences um, and how, what, what have you done in the spaces that you occupy to be able to ensure that you, 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 you discount those issues? So factually, in Indian communities, in black communities, in Afrikaans, Newsbreak's election debate roadshow, give your vote a voice.
it's the people themselves in no, each and but every if you are ruling in this province surely you can intervene it's, it's your point uh, Durban, get ready the Newsbreak election debate roadshow has a double dose ready for you this weekend. Join us at 1 o'clock this Saturday at the 1860 Museum on Oak Avenue in Chatsworth and then on Sunday at the Mount Edgecombe Arts and Culture Centre. It's your turn to give your vote a voice. All of it. We missed the flags. She is actually the one. I'm gonna get hurt. What the hell? On my heels, on my heels, on my heels. I'm coming, I'm coming. This is an extreme dating show. I don't think I can do this. Wow. Okay. The longest date, Mondays at 7:30 p.m. only on SABC3. SABC Sports brings you the second semi-final of the oldest national football competition, the Emirates FA Cup between Watford and Wolves this Sunday on SABC3. Coming from a persuasive Premier League 4-1 win against Fulham on Tuesday, Watford will hope to transfer that form to their make-or-break encounter against the Wolves. Oh, it's on Will the Wolves roar like they did in their 2-1 win against English giants Manchester United earlier in the week? The growth of grass will be kept on hold this Sunday at Wembley Stadium with the face Watford. Dynamic Diogo Jota could well put Wolves into the semi-finals. Catch this much-anticipated FA Cup semi-final battle between Watford and the Wolves this Sunday on SABC 3 at 5pm. SABC Sports for the love of the game. And do you expect us to believe you to say that we are learning, we are renewing? <laughs> For 25 years, you haven't learned enough? Thanks so much. feeling that is going on? Thanks so much for the question. Let's go to another audience member. I'll take about two more. Hi, I'm Lily Ramsamy. Mm -hmm. Why should we people vote for the... Uh, for you when you hardly ever attend meetings in the KZN parliament. Okay, your, who? The minority front. Yeah. You are not represented in your absence. Thanks so much for the question. Next audience member. 
Hi, I'm Eva Munsami, my uh, question is to the EFF representative. He says they are all over. I am from Phoenix, I have not seen you, I'm a community member. All I see is a big bo a billboard in front of me that says Julius Malema is the son of the soil, but I've never seen anybody else. Thanks so much for the point. Another audience member, I think the indulgence is to give the floor the opportunity. My to name go is ahead. Rafiq Shah and my question is directed to the ANC representative, Maggie Govender. We know that billions of rands have been stolen from the coffers, which has retarded development and growth and the job agenda in the country. Why should we believe you that you are serious about fighting corruption when you have a host of people on your list that are corrupt? Take one more audience member very quickly. Yeah, we'll just take a final audience member now. I've got about less than 10 minutes to wrap up the program. Uh, hi, my question is to the DA. Um, your name, please, ma'am. My name is Nolutan Dongosi. Thank, Thank you. you for Go ahead. asking. Go ahead. Um, the DA was asked a question by you, Suresh. Can they actually answer questions without decampaigning the ANC? Can they answer direct questions? <laughs> So there you go. Uh, I think, you know, that's, that's just, uh, uh, I think coming up from the floor here, talking about uh, the Democratic Alliance and the way you deal with this issue, so much to go through. But uh, let's talk about that very, very question. You know, I think one came through from the, from the community and it's been a major one. Um, the issue of, um, I mean, you're on record to say, Mr. Hussein, that you want to strengthen borders and border control because you believe it's a great source for crime in the country. Um, that in itself could be, you know, t t criticized for being a, hu you know, a human rights aspersion. But talk to me about the plan going forward then to ensure that you do do that. Um, Suresh, there are two important questions that were raised that I would like to address in the little time, if you don't mind. The one was on the borders, and the other one was from Logie Naidu, if you give me a chance to respond to him. Firstly, let me just say that um, as the Democratic Alliance, what we want to do in South Africa as far as immigration is concerned is to make it as difficult as possible for people to enter South Africa illegally and make it as easy as possible for people to enter legally. Yeah. Now, we have a situation in our country. We don't even have a fence any longer. People just simply walk in. Because the ANC is stealing our money instead of building the fences and securing our borders. Let me come to, uh, please may I come to Logie Naidu. You know, I thought, I thought I saw it all in politics. But the most, the, the, the most ironical thing about Logie Naidu's question is the ANC asking the DA about corruption. I thought I saw it all. So are you but, then saying, are you I'm suggesting gonna, that your party is not corrupt? Give me a corrupt? chance. I'm going to come back to you on that. There's several allegations you know, about the corruption uh, within the Democratic Alliance. I must say that it's, uh, it's good to see Logan Naidu here. He's, uh, Get to the just, question. I'm getting to the question. I want to answer the question from Logan Naidu, who seems to be answer a better it. comedian than a politician. Mr. Hussein, but answer I tell the you, question. You know, when it comes who is to funding you? Can, can I deal with the question on corruption and who's funding us? Please go ahead. Businesses are funding us, like they are funding the ANC. But certainly not Bosasa, because Bosasa is funding the ANC. So there are businesses across South Africa that are funding us, but certainly not Bosasa, because the crooks have taken all so the money from Bosasa. So is this why then the Democratic Alliance chooses to stay mum on certain yes. issues? For example, how much, how much do you look at international relations, specifically the Palestine issue? Yes, what about the Palestine issue? What about the Palestine the, issue? What is the DA saying about that? We in terms have always of said, yes. we have always on record, and the ANC must listen. Their problem is they don't listen. We have always said that the DA believes in a two-state solution in Palestine. 
for as long as there's self-determination, they will be able to find peace on their own. But let me get it closer to home. This election is not about Palestine. I will say it's this about is the first South time Africans I've spoken to the future. DA about Palestine. So give people an opportunity to be able to speak about their future in South Africa. And when it comes to cor corruption in South Africa, the ANC are the experts. When we took over in Johannesburg, for example, we uncovered 17 billion rand worth of ANC corruption that we cleaned up. Yeah. Johannesburg, Pretoria, for example, was running at a loss. They were bankrupt. Let's, in one year, let's shift the that, Democratic Alliance turned it around. Let's into shift a that through to the... Wherever we go... That's we it. Okay, Mr. Hussein, we, we leave it there with you. And in this election, we'll fix Ms. Maggie Governor, I think a, a great aspersion there constantly on, on, on the ANC and a very strong question that came through from the floor. 25 years, you should have learned something. And clearly now, South Africans are not happy with what you've learned. I agree with them, but we are an organization that is growing and is learning. Now, our president, President Ramaphosa, has instituted commissions of inquiry to get to the root causes of corruption. There have been appointments of new people. There is a new head of SARS. There is a new national prosecutor, Shamila Batoy. Right. There is a new head of the asset forfeiture unit. Cases will be prosecuted. Will the money be recouped is the question. Yes, that's indeed. what they want to know. That is why Willie Hoffmeyer has been appointed the head of the asset forfeiture unit. And he has, is on record as saying that he is going after billions that have been stolen. Our president this week in Santon made the announcement that whoever is guilty of crime and corruption will be charged. But you can't arrest people on rumors, allow the commissions to their work, allow the law that all of us support to follow its course. Yet there's allegations are on your list of those who are being allegated and investigated for corruption. The integrity committee, nobody is excluded. And I know, it's the, Natal, I know it's the arguments example, of innocent until proven guilty, but what are the we defense mechanisms? We are not mechanisms? saying innocent until proven guilty. We are saying let the law follow its course. And, and the precautions charges, in the meantime? In the meantime, we will leave people because we don't have the right to remove people. And may I point out that an organization like the DA, where there are charges against its list people for sexual harassment, etc., have left them on the list. In fact, they've kept them as counselors and the like. Let me also say, in terms of coalitions, the DA vote that the Indian community gave was a vote that was given to the DA and the EFF. Because immediately after the local government elections, the DA joined up with the EFF in Shwani, in Pretoria. Okay, Ms. Governor, we leave it there. Mr. The Koza, yes, I'll go to Mr. Koza as we make our way down to the panel now. Just very quickly on that issue of coalitions. I know you've got a lot to say on what was already discussed between these two parties. Let's move on so we get the variety of the conversation going in the last five minutes. Uh, Mr. Koza, the issue of coalitions, you don't, you, you don't have too much in common with the Democratic Alliance. You're completely polarized on the issue of land expropriation without compensation, yet coalitions are being formed. So one gets a question, are you just doing it for the seat or are you actually doing it for the principle? We did it for a principle. We wanted to remove thieves. But you don't power. have the same principle. We were able to remove the thieves, which are the ANC, from controlling the press strings in Nelson Mandela Bay. We were able to remove ANC thieves from Tswane. We were able to remove ANC thieves from Johannesburg. In that principle, we had to do it. But on the issue of land expropriation, we are very clear. We are expropriating all land, putting it under government, including 
all piece of land and on corruption on nc corruption we had uh, uh, Ramaphosa saying he'll send people to prison he must start with his son Andile, for busasa money then he must send himself to jail for having accepted busasa money mr koza if they have busasa you definitely have vbs over your head uh, we will tell you the anc who, who fired nine mayors who fired nine mayors for vbs it's the anc People want to talk about an alleged 16 million when 320 million was uh, went to the ANC for VPS. They had to fire nine mayors, and nothing has been said about that. Mr. Let's go into the issue of coalitions very quickly. I mean, here you have a situation where political parties will want to consolidate whatever support they make, specifically the smaller parties, to have a bigger share in the legislature. Your thoughts on that? Because the question comes that comes through is. Um, does my vote for the IFP still stay with the IFP if you go into a coalition? Taresh, the IFP has been very clear when it comes to the issue of social cohesion. Ever since the party was established in 1975, we have been working with all communities across the country. And we have members in parliament who represent all different uh, you know, race groups. So when it comes to social cohesion, our president has been very clear and, and, and people would have seen when he, when he came to launch his manifesto here in Chatsworth, there was a prayer done by Muslim Mulana, there was a prayer done by a Christian priest, and there was a reading from the Bhagavad Gita. That in itself shows you that there is social cohesion at the root of the IFP. Also, before the president came to the Chatsworth Stadium, he went to the Hare Krishna temple to do his prayer there. So okay, that Mr. shows yes, that he is inclusive of everybody. We leave it there. Mr. Swami Thakuraj, Bansi, the issue of, um, of um, exclusivity, why must there be a minority front? Surely you should be serving all, all races in a democracy. See, the minority front has been established because it looks at minority uh, values and rights as human rights. It's very relevant today because you can see at every stage of government's actions, programs, policies, all the laws are all racist. They're all based on racism. Now the issue is that, no, we don't vote to the ANC. You know that. You are the, you are the, you are born from the ANC. Let me tell you about the DA. Mr. Kurat Bansi, I need to, I need to wrap up the conversation also yeah. very quickly with your point. Yeah. Look, we are very relevant because we fight for human rights as minority rights. The thing is with the DA Stooge who says I don't attend parliament, I can tell you that's a framed question. I attended, they can't stomach it. They are 10 blind mice. They Thanks are so 10 much. blind mice, okay, they so cannot see me. I've got about four minutes left on this debate now and I'm going to do something particularly interesting. A question that stuck in my mind from the audience was a young person saying, I'm a first time voter, I've never voted before. And the constant question of why young people have apathy. In your 30 seconds that each of you are going to get, talk to a young mind now who wants a greater South Africa. Why should they be voting in this election? Let's start with you, Ms. Maggie. Come to your 30 seconds. Start now. Thank you. You should be voting for us because your future is with us. We are the only party that has a plan to create jobs for young people, to grow our economy. In fact, in the last quarter of the year, the financial year, we added 88,000 jobs to our economy. Investment in our country is growing. People are waiting for President Ramaphosa to be re-elected so that they can give us a mandate and invest time, their money in the country. Your time is up. Mr. Hanif Hussein from the DA, why should the young people be voting for the Democratic Alliance? 30 seconds. Well, listen up, fellow South Africans. The DA proven to you that we can fix towns, cities, and provinces. 
Now we want to prove to you that we can fix a country also. Give the DA a chance to prove this. Do you really want to live in a country where you are treated like a second-class citizen? Do you really want a corrupt ANC government back in power? Don't spend the next five years complaining about the state of our country. South Africa belongs to you too. So claim your right to vote and vote for change on the 8th of May. Mr. Busikosa, young people, why should they be voting this election? Your 30 the, seconds. The, 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 the people, young people like that young person must vote for EFF. We are a youthful organization. We are sending young people to parliament, not these old, tired Makokos and Mkulus who are not going to be able to do anything. We are going to deliver land, free quality education, a safe and secure environment for all. These old pensioners must go to old age home. Okay. You can't right. be sending old people to parliament. Mr. We are sending yes, the youth. 30 seconds up. Let's go, Mr. Des Governor. Why should young people be partaking in this election? Yeah, thank you, Taresh. You know, uh, we we have young people in parliament no. now I, I want to I, I want to tell you that I want to tell you that one of the issues that we as IFP have taken up on behalf of young medical students who qualified abroad we are the only party that is challenging the government to ensure that these young medical students get placements and, and, and be able to serve our community especially where we have shortage of doctors why should these young medical students sit at home when, when there's a shortage of doctors? Thanks, Mr. Governor. Mishamin Thakurat Bansi, why should the young people care about? Well, the young people, they need their dignity intact. They need to reach their full potential. Therefore, they must help the minority front. Vote for the minority front so that we can scrap. We can scrap affirmative action and quotas and because you are definitely going to become a statistic of that. I will train you to become leaders in your own right so you can be self-sufficient and you can make your own life in this country. Don't depend on the other liars. None of them will feel for you. None of them will do anything for you. They won't even give you a job. We thank you so much for that contribution. Brian, to wrap it up now very quickly, I want to ask you just one question to summarize this. Mud slinging a policy intervention for South Africa. What are you hearing from these politicians here? Unfortunately, a lot of mud singing, but I think there were some key aspects that could have been talked about as far as policy interventions could, that we could speak of. So yeah. the first one is around social cohesion. And then when, it, when they talk about the question of the borders, for instance, that's quite problematic when you're talking about bringing a society such as South Africa together without, with imposing draconian um, um, laws that relate to the way in which we regulate our borders. Specifically also, when we look at the way in which we talk about our borders, we're not just talking about any um, immigrant. We're talking about black immigrants from the rest of Africa. How are you integrating them once they come into our society? Particularly at a time when xenophobic uh, strife is such, is such yeah. a high, how do you continue to have those conversations in, very, in various aspects? Sometimes when you talk to the DA, they're more concerned about clean governance than actual service delivery. If you look at the ways in which Kaili, Cha, Imizamoyetu and all of those squatter camps in the various um, areas of, of Western Cape, that might be more representative of the type of government that you might be waiting for from DA in particular. Um, when you speak to uh, the jobs that have been uh, spoken about in terms of the ANC, they speak about the EPWP, which is like a six-month process. People are either left off or they have to come on back, get back again. Those are unsustainable job opportunities. How are political parties creating sustainable employment for their people yeah. so that the economic situation could shift around? Brian, I think, um, that, I think we're going to yeah. have to at a point sure. now wrap it up. We're just over time. But thank you so much for, for those closing remarks. And thank you to our panel here for uh, coming through with the debate. Well, Chatswell, thank you so much for having us. And we look forward to having you tomorrow in Phoenix.
at Mount Edgecombe where we take the conversation forward. The broadcast came your way courtesy of the team is led by executive producer Salma Patel and the SABC technical team. From me, Tariyash, hey, have an awesome day.